I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Editing Podcast. And this is our final episode for series one. I can't believe we've come to the end of it. Oh, time's flown. So talking of time, this week we're talking about how long editing takes. We are indeed, and I think we need to think not just about how long a project actually takes to complete, but how far ahead you need to think about booking help from a professional. Definitely. So the main determiner is how long the project is, well, the first determiner anyway. That sounds obvious, but it's a good reminder that when you're contacting an editor or scheduling your own editing, do so with a word count in mind. So we're going to talk about some of the issues that affect editing time, but it's worth revisiting some of the ballpark timings we talked about in episode four on the cost of editing. Yeah, yeah. So we gave some broad figures just to give you an idea of editing speeds. So a developmental editor might manage between 250 and 1500 words an hour, which means an 80,000 word book would take anything between 53 and 320 hours. Mm. Which is why I'm not a developmental editor. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. Imagine trying to schedule something like that. Yeah, I know. And um, we quoted 1,000 to 2,500 words per hour for line and copy editing. And for that same 80,000 word book, we'd be looking at 32 to 80 hours. Yeah, that I can cope with. Yeah. 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 And then proofreading is more like 2,000 to 4,000 words an hour, which works out around 20 to 40 hours of work for that 80,000 word book. Yeah. So it really helps if you've identified what kind of editing you need. And we covered this in detail in episode one. But following on from this is the word count. So sometimes authors have got in touch and told me they've got a 20 page chapter that needs editing. And the problem with that is that I've got no idea how many words are on that page or whether the page is A4 or A5 (laughs) or whether the font size is 8 or 14 points. (laughs) And that point size will determine what can be squeezed on a page. So Our advice is to think in terms of word count rather than pages when you're scheduling your own editing time or making initial contact with a pro editor. Now, the other thing that's crucial is the complexity of the material and what you need help with. So, um, Denise, do you want to jump in on that? Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a massive difference between doing a final proofread for a 10,000 word brochure that's been through three rounds of refinement where we're just checking for any remaining spelling mistakes or punctuation problems and a 10,000 word journal article that's been written by an academic who's still mastering writing in a second language. Mm, That's going to need a much deeper level of editing and it will, therefore, it will take a lot longer. Yeah. And for me, working in fiction, um, there are similar issues. If I'm being asked to proofread an 80,000 word mystery that's been through five author drafts and a round of developmental and copy editing, that's going to be a lot quicker than if I'm doing a book with the same word count, but I'm the first fresh set of eyes on the novel. Mm. The line editing is going to be deeper and I'm going to have to deal with more problems than just last minute typo spotting. I might have to deal with viewpoint problems or offer sentence recasts or help the authors deal with repetition or overwriting issues. Yeah, and the level of editing that you've requested will also come into play here. So if you're working with a developmental editor to help shape the structure of your writing, the editing might need a round of back and forths that take months. Yeah, 
Yeah, that that 320 hours we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, Whereas if you and your editor are smoothing and refining at sentence level, they're more likely to be able to work on the full project in one hit. So that project, that process will be more condensed. And so how long editing takes will depend on how many rounds of editing you want and what you want the editor to achieve during those. Yeah, and we should mention here fact checking too. Um, And this applies to fiction and nonfiction. If your editor needs to verify information in your writing, so I'm thinking about uh, key dates, spelling of places and people's names and other proper nouns, all that has to be factored in to how long the editing will actually take. And for non-fiction work, you might be checking that in-text citations match what's in the bibliography too, won't you, Denise? Yeah, yeah. And that's really important for academic work because poorly rendered, incorrect or missing citations or references are at the very least frowned upon and at the very worst could be considered plagiaristic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And depending on the style guide, as I recall from doing academic editing years ago, even the way citations are formatted is really important, isn't it? And and there are all sorts of different styles. Um, star guys APA Vancouver Chicago AMA just to complicate things even more yeah. <laughs> yeah that's absolutely right and perhaps it's even more of an issue if the material is highly specialized um, like scientific or legal writing mm-hmm. or writing that has legal implications yeah that reminds me of my husband actually Johnny works in the marketing department for a large insurance company in the UK and often the thing that takes the most time is not the editing and proofreading of the words on the email campaigns it's the back and forth between the marketers and the legal compliance team because getting that wrong can have catastrophic consequences yeah. so it's a really really um big issue um in terms of time taking yeah now the other the other big issue that's going to affect time is what level of quality you're prepared to accept now denise you wrote a really great guest post um for me on this issue oh, this yeah. issue of good enough which we all put we'll, we'll put this into the show notes but mm-hmm. do you want to jump in here and just talk about that because it was yeah, yeah. thank you um <laughs> well <laughs> it really depends on what your goals are And I honestly do think that there are occasions when it's okay to put out content with errors. Now, I'm not advocating that any writer completely abandons standard grammar, spelling and punctuation. But for certain types of written content, it's just better to get them out there. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you think about pieces of writing that have a short lifespan or that are conversational or informal, And if that writing has a really high value and your intended audience is likely to value that over perfection, good enough is what you should be aiming for. I think that's a really good point. Um, If you're creating content that's designed to make your business visible, it's better that it's out there and being read than sitting on your computer, of com- your computer, awaiting perfection. Because if it's if it's inaccessible to everyone else on the planet except you and micro- Microsoft Word, then it's not serving a purpose, <laughs> is it? Exactly. It's not yeah. entertaining anyone. It's not educating anyone. It's not engaging any- anyone. It's utterly unhelpful. That's absolutely it. Yeah. Plus, the other thing is that timing might be of the essence, and so you might decide to invest. Mm less time in the editing process maybe you need to get it out in time for a specific event and if so you might just do the best you can now so you can meet the deadline and then revisit the editing when you have more space again this always comes down to how forgiving your audience is i would not recommend this approach for editors on their own content no no, (laughs) no. anyone who for whom (laughs) precision in language is going to be valued highly yeah yeah 
I think um, this issue of good enough comes into play in the fiction market too. So if you're submitting to an agent, you might not need to get it absolutely perfect with every single comma in place. Ultimately, of course, the story needs to be readable and thoroughly engaging. So rushing the developmental editing stage is not something I'd recommend. But mm. I think authors need to think very carefully about whether every single piece of punctu punctuation and uh, grammar needs to be perfect if they're trying to get representation and ultimately a publishing contract. Story level quality is where the time needs to be invested. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think people can get really bogged down in this idea of huh? perfection and it and it does hold people back and yeah. it's not always necessary. That's yeah. right. And, and when you're when you're when you're sometimes you it, it, there are just diminishing marginal returns as well you can just keep on trying to 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 get perfection after you know again and again and again but actually yeah. you're, not, you're not actually moving forward yeah and that has time and monetary costs as yeah. well doesn't yeah. it yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's not it's not always helpful so we should talk about teams too because um sometimes the project will be time sensitive but quality will still be paramount yeah so good enough won't be enough Exactly. Yeah. So it might be that you've got a team of people who can help you with editing. Perhaps your web content is verified by other people in your company, for example. But even if you're working with third party professional editors, if you've large files with tens and tens of thousands of words, you might be better off working with an editing agency or an editorial collective because then there are multiple editors who can work on the document simultaneously. Yeah, and style guides really come into play here, I think. So yeah. if consistency is important to you and you're working with a team, it's it's essential that there's an already agreed set of standards about how the material is going to be laid out, how it's going to be handled in terms of decisions about spelling, grammar, punctuation, numbering, capitalization, hyphenation and headings. And all the mm. editors in the team need to be familiar with that. Um, that can really speed up the editing process. And it's a good option if quality is as important as time. It really is, yeah. And we talked about style guides extensively in episode seven. So if you haven't mm. listened to that, but you want more guidance on how to record specific decisions on, as Louise said, spelling, grammar, punctuation, numbering, headings and so on, do give that episode a listen. There are also some useful tools and resources in the show notes for that episode that you can download to save yourself some time. Mm. Um, and the other thing I want to mention is being realistic about how long uh, an editor can sit at a screen and actually edit a piece of text. That's a really good point. Because mm. even if there are 10 hours available in a day for editing, I know my eyes are they're gone after five hours of solid work. Mm. They just are. But I, although I do know someone who specialises in quick turnaround work and, and they can do it for they can they can work for up to 10 hours a day, though. I know that she takes a ton of regular breaks to ensure she stays fresh. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think she's probably a bit of an outlier, really. Mm. In the yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, not, time and not, again, not we see. Yeah, we see four or five hours being listed, uh, you know, being talked about by other editors as pretty much what they feel is the optimum time for editing but it is very personal and um, but most people as I said they're not going to be as efficient at spotting problems after 10 hours sitting looking at a project mm -hmm. so I do think the authors need to assume that the editing working day is likely to be shorter rather than longer mm. now bearing all this in mind let's talk now about how to plan ahead because 
and I know we've both encountered this, some authors do assume that editors will be available next week or tomorrow. (laughs) But but that is so often not the case. That's right. More experienced editors who've established relationships with publishers and existing business and indie author clients can be booked up months in advance, months. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking for good quality editing, you don't want to be asking an editor to rush. That's not going to help push your project forward. And I don't know any editor who feels comfortable agreeing to do poor quality work, particularly since it can come... um, at a high price because of rush fees. I mean, and that's yeah. the thing for me, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, oh, can you turn this around by tomorrow? And I'm like, well, that means I've got to work in the evening. Um, so I'm going to charge you triple my normally my normal rate, but I'm also not going to give do as good a job for you because I'm tired. Yeah. You know, that's just like, for me, that thing feels like I'm thumping them twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's not fair really, is it? Yeah. No, no. So if you're working with a third party, Start putting feelers out well in advance. Uh, that way you'll be more likely to secure the services of your best fit editor rather than rushing and picking someone out of desperation or you know just lack of options. Mm. I tell my business clients to start having conversations with editors early on in the writing process. Yeah, me too with fiction authors. I think it's um, particularly hard for newer writers to get a sense of how long the writing and self-editing process will take. But even if that's the case for you, at least do the research early on, because even if you don't secure a firm date until later, at least you'll have discovered who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. And like Denise said, um, you don't want to end up with working with someone out of desperation. And, and the other thing to say is that some authors might have fixed publication dates in mind, but get in touch with your editor um, in advance, because let's say you want to get your book out for Christmas. October isn't the time to be sourcing an editor. No. You know, the likelihood is that they're they're already done and dusted. May is the time to be sourcing your mm-hmm. editor um, at, the, at the latest, possibly. And that means you've got more chance of getting the editor you want and giving them the time they need to do their bit and you the time that you need to review their work before you go to market. Because that 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 that's a thing, isn't it? It's not just about the editor doing their bit. You, the writer has to follow up and check those edits and make sure they're happy with those edits. It's not like we've got a monopoly on the stuff. It's, it's Absolutely. The yeah, because I have to, you know, always remind my clients at the end of the day, my edits are suggestions. Yeah, they're free yeah. to they're free to accept or reject them. And yeah. um, and I think um, specifically newer writers um, tend to think that it will come back ready to be printed. Yeah. And that's not the case. There'll be no. corrections that they maybe don't agree with. There'll be queries for them to sort out. Mm. And that takes time. You don't want you don't want to assume that it's going to come back one day and you can send it off to the printers the next. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't or, work like that. Or upload yeah. it to Amazon or something. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Whatever comments you're... and queries, mm-hmm. like you said, and notes that have to be t- taken, attended to in the in the style sheet and editorial report. And yeah, there's a whole load of work to do afterwards, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's a collaborative thing, so there can be a wee bit of toing and froing there, yeah. Anyway, now it's time for the last editing bites of the season. And this is where we each recommend a favourite resource for writers. So what have you got for us this week, Louise? So my recommendation is Paul Teague's podcast, Self-Publishing Journeys. And what I love about this is that Paul's an indie author himself and his podcast diaries um, that he publishes um, regularly uh, are where he charts his own publishing journey. And it's not just the good stuff, but the problems and the frustrations he's faced. I love this aspect of it. It's very honest. But he gets some great guest authors on too. So in 2018, he chatted with writers of sci-fi, erotica, fantasy, crime, romance, but also non-fic too. So I 
think there was an episode with a school textbook author. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's not just the writing process. He also discusses um, tools and tactics for getting your books noticed and dealing with the ever-changing landscape of self-publishing. So that's mine. What about you? Yeah. Well, mine is um, ELT Teacher to Writer, which uh, does what it says on the tin. They help people who are teachers develop their skills to write materials for teaching with a focus on English language teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, they've written and published books on various aspects of this, how, such as how to write worksheets, how to write teachers' books, how to write graded readers. And there are also training courses and webinars available. And although it's specifically written by teachers in the English language teaching field, I think it's a great resource generally if you write educational materials of, of any sort. And I can imagine some of the lessons in that being transferable to even um, to other subject areas, just the just in terms of the kind of um, the way they're sort of approach their approach. Yeah, I think the underlying me principles. Methodology. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's all for this week, for this season. Oh, I know. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. We'll be back with season two in a few months, but in the meantime, you can rate, review and subscribe via your podcatcher. And don't forget, if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover, please do get in touch with us via the Editing Podcast Facebook page. If you ask us a question, we will answer. That's a promise. Yeah, and all the links we've mentioned are in the show notes. Thank you again so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, and for non-fiction work, you might be checking that in-text citations match with um, what's in the bibliography. Bibli <laughs> <laughs> Have you started on the gin? <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had. And for non-fiction work, you might be checking that in-text oh. <laughs> oh, it's definitely Christmas time. Isn't it? I know, I know. <laughs> and depending on the style guide, as I recall from doing academic from oh, God's sake, <laughs> just losing it. You are. <sighs> Yay! Good.